had to hand copy in fabric pen with myself all of these doodles onto the shoes. So I drew a lot of penises. <laughs> the life of a costume designer. So many Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Spencer Williams. And I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. Look at you oh. doing the intro, Spencer. It's so weird. I don't like it. You need to be the intro girl. All right. Yeah. Don't worry. That will always be my job on our main episodes. Today, we have an exciting bonus episode. We are joined by an incredible guest, costume designer Whitney Ann Adams. Whitney, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. We are here to talk to you about your new recent film on Paramount, Three Months with Troy Sivan. Such a good film. I'm obsessed with it. Oh, I'm so glad. It was so heartwarming. Yes. (laughs) It's so sweet. I'm so, I'm just so thrilled I got to be a part of this project. It brought me so much joy, the colors, the location, everything. So we're going to really dive into it. Um, But first, we want to dive into your background. Yeah, so looking at your IMDb and Spencer was telling me a little bit about that you've worked with some of the bigs, Catherine Martin, a favorite of mine, Aiko Ishioka. So how how did you get into costume design? It's so funny because I went to school uh, for pre-med. I started college pre-med. I'd done drama in high school, but only as an actor because my program was just acting only. I didn't really realize costume design existed. And then I took one fun class my first semester of college, which was intro to theater design. And within two weeks, I had changed my major. I made a PowerPoint presentation to my parents <laughs> like, this is what I'm doing. I know it's going to be a hard life, but I'm prepared for it. I, <laughs> I don't think I truly knew how hard it was going to be, but mm-hmm. I, I'm so grateful. I, I never looked back, you know, two weeks into college. And luckily I went to UC San Diego, which has an incredible theater program. And oh, I weaseled yeah. my way into, I think, 12 grad classes when I was there. <laughs> um, wow. And that was sort of uh, the beginnings of it all. But it really stems back to watching Catherine Martin's work in Moulin Rouge when I was in high school. And I watched that movie so much. And I think that was sort of the first turning moment that, oh, costumes. Oh, this is a thing. Oh, this is a career path. Yeah. And I last time I interviewed you, you brought up the fact that you used to tailor for Aiko Ishioka. I immediately called Elizabeth after our interview. And I was like, you cannot believe the interview (laughs) I just did. You have to just kind of give Elizabeth a little bit of the story from your own mouth. (laughs) I'm like a little bit obsessed. Not gonna lie. (laughs) I still can't believe that I got to work for her for a couple years. I, uh, Back in the day when, you know, there were job lists on Craigslist, I I just moved to New York (laughs) and I answered an ad to be a costume PA on an opera that was going to Cambodia. And the designer of that, Camille Asaf, she was Aiko's assistant and Aiko was looking for a tailor and I'm a tailor. And so she connected the two of us. And then for years I made Aiko's Uh, personal skirts and I made TV covers for her apartment. She had this beautiful all-white apartment overlooking Central Park, but she didn't like the, you know, giant black TV. So I made a white, you know, Ottoman 
cover to go over it. And then, you know, all white apartment. And then she was working at Spider-Man, uh, the Broadway show at the time. And so she had all of her renderings mm-hmm. on the wall, which was incredible. And then after we finished our work for the day, she would like make a pot of green tea and we would sit around her kitchen table and she would tell me stories from Dracula, from working with Grace Jones. I still can't believe that that all happened. And she was so kind. I just went to the Academy Museum yesterday for the first time. And there's so much Ico there. And it mm-hmm. makes my heart yeah. so happy. Yeah. And I got really emotional just seeing that and just hearing her acceptance speech. And I miss her voice so much. And so it was really special to get to, get to see that yesterday. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely encourage everyone to go to the Academy Museum. I straight burst into tears seeing yes. <laughs> some of Aiko's stuff there. And it's so ridiculous. Like, I feel like such a nerd. But yeah, she's just everything. So thank you for sharing that, that story. That dress, <laughs> that dress from Bram Circus, or the, the outfit that Gary Oldman wears, it's based on the on the kiss from, uh, by Klimt. Yeah. Just seeing that in person is worth the price of admission. It was, it's stunning. I just stood there sort of slack-jawed for five minutes. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, I, I went with a tour group, actually, and I just, I walked, I snuck away from the tour group. They kept going, and I was like, <laughs> like, standing over here in the darkness for 15 more minutes. <laughs> uh, well, this, I love talking to Whitney, so let's get into Three Months, starring Troy Sivan. Such a great film. The first thing I noticed about this film was the incredible color palette. It's so vibrant. It brought so much joy. Very Florida, very Miami. Also, like, kind of low-key Los Angeles vibes, too. I know that <laughs> you come from L.A. <laughs> Neons, pastels. Uh, while the subject matter was actually quite heavy, the colors you put together along with the sets brought a sense of joy to the film. Um, I guess we could start there. Oh, completely. I mean, from the get-go, we really wanted to capture 2011 Florida, and that sort of Florida color palette was so important. Plus, you know, we're taking on this heavy subject matter, but the way that Jared has written the story and the way that our actors, you know, embodied these characters, we wanted to keep it light because HIV is no longer a death sentence. And we wanted to really show that this is, you know, educating the audience while also creating this beautiful story following Caleb. And so we wanted to really embody that light atmosphere with the color palette. Talking about that light atmosphere, it was set in 2011, which was so fascinating to me because I was like, I was in high school during this time. (laughs) I was like, this is crazy. Um, So like, it really landed with, with me. How did you approach that like time frame where it's like, it's, it is a time and place that has a very particular look, but it's really not that long ago. It was really interesting digging into the photos of that time period to see how far clothing and fashion truly has come because so much was so different. I mean, cargo shorts everywhere. (laughs) Just so many long cargo shorts on like every, you know, gender, every, everything. It was just cargo shorts for everyone. But it was a lot of looking at, you know, digging into Flickr and looking at people's family photos from 2011. It was, yeah. you know, finding all those little cre- crevices on the internet from 2011 because you want to find real people and what real people were wearing. I hit the jackpot on YouTube. Some person stuck a camera on top of their bike and biked down the Hollywood Beach, Florida boardwalk. So there's a 10-minute video 
of the entire boardwalk in summer 2011 in Hollywood, Florida. And I was like, how does this video exist? That was sort of <laughs> my, my base That's sort amazing. of foundation building the, the colors and the styles and the close up from there. Cause I really wanted it to be true to life in that time and place. And, uh, you know, cause it's not a story from now, especially because HIV research and drugs and and everything has come so far, even from 2011. So really wanted to make sure that the clothes aided in the time and place that this takes place because it is not a contemporary movie. No, and I really appreciate that. And I, I love the research you put into it because nowadays, like whenever a high schooler is depicted, I'm like, are they really in high school or are they in college? So I really appreciate watching this and being like, oh, yeah, these are just two like fresh out of high school kids dealing with real life now right it was so weird like i also was in high school in 2011 and it you don't these days you don't see a lot of films or shows depicting that weird era of us being in high school so i felt really seen it was pretty weird (laughs) it is such a fascinating like time and place for clothing because yeah it was a very insular time i feel like transitional period for sure right what also was super fun to me was all of the graphic tees. I mean, I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan, obviously. I mean, the stuff on my wall behind me. Um, I noticed some Fleetwood Mac shirts. I saw that awesome orange tee that I really wanted to dive into with the eye on it. It's just so fun. Every single look that Caleb was wearing. I spent so much time on Etsy trying to find the perfect tees because I felt like Caleb was a, a person who, you know, doesn't have a lot of money. Uh And he was sort of going through all of the thrift stores and trying to dig and find interesting things. Plus, he's super into David Bowie. So that eyes T-shirt is actually embroidered David Bowie eyes. So when his vest is off, you can tell that they're the two different pupils, like very much David Bowie's eyes. And it's from a beautiful uh, store in Canada called Embroiderline. And she made me so many of these teas and we dyed them from the white to this sort of pastel orange color to, again, evoke Hollywood, Florida. And we figured it was something he either made or found um, because he's such a big Bowie fan. And then going to, you know, Fleetwood Mac, uh, the Rumors t-shirt was so important to me because it sort of represents that album was made in such a tumultuous like relationship time and sort of sort of echoes the time and place that Caleb is in, in his headspace, especially when he wears that Fleet, the rumors t-shirt, it's the hardest night of the whole film for him. You know, he, he approaches his mom. He has the breakup with Esta is so much is happening. And it's, and also that white button down t-shirt he wears over it. We, I thought that that was his dad's and, but he's been storing on the ground. It's wrinkled. It sort of represents everything that's going on in his head at once. Uh, and also I had to get Stevie Nicks's permission to use the Fleetwood Mac t-shirt. And I have an email from her promising not to sue the production. <laughs> that we can like from, from Stevie Nicks, Nicks not her. That's insane. I know. It's pretty incredible. Please print that out and frame that immediately. Thank you, Stevie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I mean, even if she said no, I would have framed it, too. But, like, okay. Um, I took a lot of these pictures from YouTube. I mean, not YouTube. Why did I say YouTube? I took a lot of these pictures from your Instagram. Uh, The blue shirt he's wearing when he's eating his donuts, is that also a Fleetwood Mac shirt? It is. It's a tour. It's a, a poster of a, one of their tours. Oh, I want 
I want that. I was looking at your Instagram. I was like, wait, what yeah. is that? I need it. <laughs> it's covered in donuts now. <laughs> right. I mean, those donuts too. I was like, wow, this is really hitting right now. Um, what else was hitting, which I thought was really interesting, was all the doodling we saw throughout the film. Um, his shoes, his name tag. What role did you play in all these doodled pieces? I'm going to guess a big role. Well, I did all of that. <laughs> I, that's all hand done wow. by me. Oh my goodness. And the amount of hours it, it took to do. I think I ended up making 12 pairs of shoes, 14 pairs of shoes. And that name tag I did on the fly, like right before we started filming the first mini Mart scene. And I was like, just going to doodle. I have all my pens with me. <laughs> but in my first fitting with Troy, well, I'll go back to Jared in the script. It's like he wears the same white converse the whole movie and they're doodle completely full of all of these doodles. It sort of represents Caleb's, you know, all of his inner thoughts are sort of on these shoes. And that's how he sort of ha has another artistic outlet in addition to his photography. So it was already something that was going to be a major thing to do from the beginning. And when Troy came in for his first fitting, I had him I, it was like, here's some paper, here's some Sharpies, do some doodles for me that you think Caleb would do. And then I took those doodles that he did and then I put them on the shoes and, and then added a bunch of my own drawings and then I sort of riffed on what he was doing. So it was definitely a tag team project between the two of us, but I had to hand copy in fabric pen with myself all of his doodles onto the <laughs> shoes. So I drew a lot of penises. <laughs> the life of a costume designer. <laughs> so many penises. <laughs> Uh, it was quite a labor of love. I think I didn't start the first pair until the day before filming because everything was so crazy. Oh and I had to make gosh. three pairs for the first day of filming because he draw the first scene that we filmed was when he draws a penis on the shoe in the uh, wait in the hospital room, in the clinic room. So I was like, I needed because there was six different phases that the shoes go through over the course of the movie because he draws on them in the film so it was a lot it was a lot of drawing <laughs> wow that is intense i'm trying to think in my head like oh maybe that's something i could do but now i'm starting to think about it. i'm like no this even sounds hard to me <laughs> each side of a shoe took an hour and a half no not for me thank you though <laughs> could it be me I loved it because that was one another one of those throwback moments where I was like, that was such a thing in high school that people did. Right. Yeah. I thought that too. I'm like, I know this guy. I know him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> another character I I knew was Dara. So fun, so quirky, so unique. How did you approach her style? My my biggest thing is I always talk to my actors first before. I really start diving in. Of course, I do all of my research, but as soon as I'm able to, to talk to them. So I immediately called Brianna as soon as I was able to. And we talked about how she saw Dara and, and we really wanted to have this tomboy vibe. You know, uh, her underwear is all like tomboy X, which I love, which didn't exist then. But I was like, I, I need <laughs> to use them. <laughs> okay. I saw I when I saw her underwear, I was like, that looks like tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I was like, this is not period appropriate, but they were just too perfect, especially with the yeah. rainbow on the side. I was like, I have to use these. Right. We're just gonna pretend that they're normal people won't know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wanted to also mirror 
Caleb because they're best friends. They've spent so many years growing up together. So they have a lot of similar shapes and colors, especially this photo of them on the bike. You know, she's wearing all these button downs that are vintage inspired. She's wearing the same sort of jeans. Most of her shoes were Converse, but just different styles from what Caleb's were. So there's a lot of echoing that I wanted to really make sure that you knew that they were the best of friends. And then I'm obsessed with her necklace, which came from a local seller in Atlanta. Uh, links. They're amazing. She made that custom for us. And then she made one and it's just so beautiful. And it's sort of Dara's touchstone, kind of like Caleb's shoes are the thing that his through line throughout the whole movie, her necklace, she wears in every costume. So, you know, having those things that really are exemplify who they think they are. I love that. Um, Another place I can kind of see you did that was, um, with Valerie, played by the amazing Ellen Bernstein. I've loved her for years. I watched Political Animals way back when it was on, so I've loved her ever since. And as soon as I saw her, she was in this movie, I was like, absolutely. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I love, she had such a great t- style too with all her little like fancy neckties. How, what was it like? She's so chic. I bought so many neckties. And you got more in the original script that she is a, prof- a feminist professor. So she's sort of a, a hippie professor. She does her own thing. She's a super strong woman. We wanted to find a way, but she's also older. And Ellen and I both wanted to, you know, she's conscious about her neck and wants to cover it with these, you know, really fun neck scarves. And it's sort of her, uh, that's her character, um, sort of, I iconic thing (laughs) you know that's what her character loves to wear and then also what I loved is the red shirt that she wears to have that you know in bed with Caleb when she's sort of you know comforting him that's her own personal shirt that means a lot to her and on our first zoom call she's like I really feel strongly about wearing this shirt because it it has so much emotion personally tied up in that shirt and so I think it will really help me in that scene and I think it really feels like the right choice and I'm that was so beautiful and wonderful and I love that she was using something from her own life to tap into Valerie and this is my second time getting to work with Ellen I worked with her on on Wiener Dog I was the assistant (laughs) costume designer of that movie Uh, (laughs) and in that one she you know she wears this like giant um, nightgown dress and like huge cataract glasses so it was nice totally different with her (laughs) yes that's um, amazing. Talking about totally different, one character that stood out to me because it's so colorful, so much fun. When he goes to his mom to kind of get that comfort, I was like, I throughout the you know the movie, he talks that oh we're Jewish, da, 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 and like I was like okay whatever. And then when you see his mom, that she's like very orthodox, that like shocked me. I was like, it was such a contrast that you created there. Yeah, it felt like we stepped into a whole different movie for fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> completely and. In earlier scripts, you saw her in the beginning of the movie, but you didn't sort of know the context of who she was. I'm really glad that Jared made the choice to really, the first time we meet her is at that really climax part of the movie where Caleb is just distraught and not doing well and like in a really dark place. And then she just, you know, physically shuts the door on him and just showing the huge different and the difference of lifestyles between where Caleb is in his life with Valerie and Benny at their house. And then, you know, his mom who rejected him and kicked him out of the house. It's, it's very, very stark and very different. You know, she's all in dark 
colors, um, very modest. And, you know, Caleb is completely covered too, but he's in all whites and creams. And, you know, again, really echoing that they are completely different people and essentially not even really family anymore. Well, Whitney, this has been so much fun. I'm obsessed with this movie. We could probably talk about it forever. It's just so colorful. And I, I really need to get some color in my closet. I'm wearing <laughs> all black all the time. It's starting to feel kind of old. Um, we do a, a little section here on a podcast called One Costume to Rule Them All. Would you like to play with us? Oh, I would love to play. All right. Hit the music, Daniel. The One Costume to Rule Them All. We're not Lord of the Rings nerds at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. Um, Whitney, why don't you go last? So we'll kind of hype you up first. I'll go first. I actually changed my mind while we were talking. Um, originally, I was going to pick the the Bowie shirt, but I have since changed my mind to my one costume to rule them all is the Fleetwood Mac shirt, the rumor shirt with the white jacket. Just hearing the background story behind it, it really like turned me around. I'm like... Of course, that's my obvious choice. It's just so cool. It is the obvious choice, Spencer, because that was my one costume to rule them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Just once she explained it, I was like, yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so perfect in the film. It just I one of the things I do love about it is how like it's all white and pale and it really lets him act as well because you just see all his emotion. It's incredible you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) all right whitney so what's your one costume to rule them all that that fleetwood mac outfit is definitely a close second to my favorite outfit but my favorite outfit has to be the one that he wears both in the beginning and the end of the movie it's this color wheel t-shirt and i love that in the beginning he has his completely you know scrawled on shoes and by the end He's wearing a completely all white pair of Converse. It's a fresh start in the beginning. He's still the same Caleb. He's still the same person. He's just making a fresh start regardless of what his you know status is. So that one just ties up a lot of emotion for me. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so awesome. And I thought that was such a cool point, too, when he like pulled out the all white Converse. I was like, wow, like peak storytelling through costume design right here like (laughs) it doesn't get better than that (laughs) i was so thrilled i was absolutely thrilled i remember i read this script on an overnight when i was working on freaky i think i read it at like three in the morning i had a meeting with jared and our producers dan and laura at 10 a.m the next day it was like a friday into a saturday morning (laughs) and i was bedraggled and i was like someone give me coffee but I I was so in love with this script and I knew I had to make this movie and, and I had to basically be like, please hire me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'm wow. so glad that they did. Oh my gosh. Wow. This has been a while then if this was right after you finished Freaky or before, before, after. Yeah, we, so we were halfway through filming when uh, we started prep in January, 2020. We were halfway through filming, got shut down on March 13th. So tomorrow, <laughs> two oh, years wow. ago tomorrow. Oh, wow. And then uh, we didn't start back up again until September 2020, and we finished it in November 2020. So it basically took all of 2020 to make this film. So it's a huge labor of love for me and also sort of how much it echoes waiting on a health diagnosis and what we were all going through at the time. So I have so many intense feelings with this movie, and I'm so proud of it. 
Well, with that, this is just such a huge testament to your talent. Whitney Ann Adams, I love you. Um, you have to see her work at three months is on Paramount right now. So you have to go stream it like immediately. Yes. Also other great films, um, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin, <laughs> such a great film. India, Sweets and Spices, so good. And you also have another exciting film coming out soon. That I'm so excited to see. We have a ghost. I'm so excited to see that. I've been wanting to see that. Oh my gosh, I'm definitely seeing it now. <laughs> yes, the f- fall of this year. It should come out sometime in the fall. So, you know, check your calendars then. Oh, so good. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Whitney. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This was beautiful and so much fun. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. <laughs> okay, you ready, Elizabeth? Yeah. Am I ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I never do this in front of Elizabeth, the <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, here we go. Hello, welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Spencer Williams. And I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. Look at you oh. doing the intro, Spencer. It's so weird. I don't like it. You need to be the intro girl. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Don't worry. That will always be my job on our main episodes. <laughs>